Welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that crap. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about the movies that define Generation X. Our generation. Our generation. We are Gen X and we are picking those movies that define us. Uh, So we each went away and we came back with four choices. Uh, We often do four for these. And uh, I, I gave this a lot of thought. I actually watched a couple of movies over the past few days to decide if they still count as movies that define Gen X. Yeah, I, I did the same, actually, um, because now we're Gen Xers and we're older now. Like we're not young anymore, but we're kind of middle aged. But I, I have I think all of mine not only define Gen X, but they, they, they look I, I think mine the ones I picked define it from a male point of view, like a masculine point of view, because I identify as an orientation of man or whatever you have to say nowadays. But it's it's a, it's it's pretty masculine, like the ones that I picked, because like a lot of my I think a lot of our generation was dealing with like, you know, defining masculinity and and, and you know, lack of male influence in your life and then how that affected you as a man and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and I think there's a lot of great movies like that, that do that. Uh, well, let's jump into it then. What's your, what's your first one? Okay. So all of mine are from, uh, here's an interesting note. All of mine are from the nineties. You know, I'm a big eighties fan, right? That's unusual for you. But all yeah. of, all, I know. Cause I'm a kind of an eighties file. Right. But all of these are from the nineties. And not only that, Three of them are from the same year in the 90s. Uh-oh, I hope we didn't pick some of the same ones because two of mine are from the same year in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay because I think it'll be cool because if we do pick the same one, then we can analyze it and talk about it together, okay? Okay. Uh, and, right. because then, and then why, why did we pick it and why do we feel that way and we're pals and, and then we could like discover each other's like uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so you, you might have picked this one. Here, here's my first one. It's uh, Fight Club, 1999 Fight Club. I think that's one that really kind of defines my generation. And, and, and this movie was a kind of a sleeper, and it really caused a lot of, like, mixed uh, reactions in 1999, right? And I really kind of relate to it maybe even more now, especially with that narrator character where he's just, like, his soul is crushed. He works at the, the, the office insurance thing, and he's got his, he, he's in the bathroom reading his Ikea catalog, figuring out what kind of like coffee table defines him as a person, right? And I, and I get that. That's kind of that post-consumer thing where you're, we were kind of trained to be consumers. And, and even from the 80s, if you're an 80s kid, it's like, yeah, commercials and consumption and your cartoons and your toys are all tied up. And the only way you can be happy is if you consume stuff. And, and I did that, man. I got the starter house, the second house, the accent walls, the red leather Italian furniture, the minivan, the job at the nice corporation. And, and I, and I did what I was supposed to do, but I, and, and, and I had never been so miserable. Right. And really it, it, it kind of defines that it's like, wow, now we're kind of this, this feminized kind of culture of, of males where we have wine collections and, and we have, we're concerned about accent walls and maybe you just kind of want to go out and get into a fight and you can't really, it's hard to nowadays. And I know how that is. It's just, it's hard. You can't really, I mean, I've been a few fights and stuff, 
because like people act tough out here and then and then they figure out that I'm like, oh, this guy's kind of crazy and serious, right? But, you know, we can't just go out and start fights. So these guys actually start a fight club. They're like, we're so hungry for some kind of masculinity in our lives that we're going to start this underground fight club in these gritty bars and actually and actually beat each other up because that's that's how desperate we are for something uh, masculine. Um, so I think that I just think it's a big def- defining kind of thing about the, the males of our generation and kind of our angst and and how we feel. Yeah, it's definitely a good choice because you're right. There is this level of men are no longer allowed to be men or behave in manly ways. You're not allowed to be angry. You're not allowed to fight. You're, you are to, uh, yeah, go out, make money and buy shit with the money that you make. And this movie mm-hmm. is you, the opposite of that. It's, it's basically saying, no, that's bullshit. Um, Chuck Palahniuk, uh, the, the writer who wrote the book, I'm a huge fan of his. I've read numerous books of his. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Helena Bonham Carter was gorgeous in this film. I have such a crush. I still have such mm-hmm. a crush on her. Uh, she's such a mm-hmm. lovely person. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's an excellent choice. Not on my list, but it is definitely an excellent choice. And, uh, and could have been on my list if my list were longer, but I had to limit it to four. My first choice did go 80s. And I went with The Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Breakfast Club, yeah. I mean, this this movie, I think, totally defines a generation. You know, a lot of people think of it like as, oh, you know, it's th- these kids getting together that don't like, you know, aren't normally hang together, but then they become friends at the end. But the thing about it is when, you, when you're younger, you're, you're focused on what your life is, how your parents are basically telling you to live your life and how you want to live your life. And so you're, you're so conflicted at this age. And th- that film, I think, sums up that teens and even into early 20s conflict of like, who do I want to be in my life? What do I want to be in my life? And how do I, you know, how do I, how do I stand out and become something? Because, you know, you know, at the end of the day, they all go back to their normal days. A week later, they're not talking to each other in the hallway. They're not acknowledging each other. They're going to go back to their lives. It, it is a movie to me that I think defines me in a certain way, but it, it defines generation. I think it defines Gen Xers in a lot of ways. Yeah, it, it's interesting how they're put into these like you're a jock or or you're the bad guy or bad boy or you're the teen princess or you're the geek. And these kids didn't even necessarily put themselves into that position. They were put into those positions, right? So like the jock, his dad's like, yeah, jock, you're a jock, yeah, sports. And, and then, and then the, the geek's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to get an MIT scholarship. That's your thing, right? And it, yeah, it, it's almost like they were, they were just put into these positions. And then they get together and they realize, yeah, we were all put into this position. And that's the thing we were put into it's, I don't know about you in school, but I felt that way too. Like you, you kind of hang around in, in the appropriate social group that you that you spent time with. And I don't go to high school now, obviously, but I don't get the impression that students are as much that way now. Like you can be a nerd and be popular, you know, the popular, yeah, yeah. you know, they're like, Oh, look at this smart kid. And, and, and they'll support it. Uh, that kind of stuff. I, I don't think you're so siloed as as we were and even generations yeah and I, I think that's yeah one good thing about like my son's generation um is that i think 
you know, it comes with its pros and cons for sure, the way they kind of are doing their, their thing. But one thing is it's a very accepting kind of culture where you accept people with, for who they are and what, how they roll. So that's one good thing about like this new generation that I like. I think they're superior in that way to ours is they, they kind of don't have those cliques and stuff as, as much. At least I don't see it as much. So that's cool. All right. What do you got next? My next one was made in the same year as Fight Club, <laughs> and it's called Office Space. This was another sleeper hit of 1999, right? People didn't really know about it until later when it became kind of a slow-burning cult favorite. Again, I just feel it like the, the Peter guy, and he's in his cubicle, and, and it's just this – he did everything he's supposed to do, right? He's got his job, and – and then he's got his eight bosses and his TPS reports. And, and it's horrible, dude, the whole office thing. And you think, well, I, I did it. I, I did what I'm supposed to do. But this is horrible. This is miserable. You got these megalomaniacal narcissists above you who think nothing uh, but themselves and these big corporations. And you're working there, schlubbing around. It's, it's awful. So finally, he gets hypnotized. He's just like, you know what? Screw this. I, I'm just going to do what I want to. Uh, I'm going to go ask the girl out at, at the at the restaurant and I'm going to show up to work when I feel like it and that kind of thing. And it, I don't know if that movie influenced me, but that's kind of how I am now. I, like I freelanced for a while and now I'm working again, but I'm working from home. And I think I'm just going to keep doing that because I don't want to go to your office. And and so I think that really defines our generation where we 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 worked our way into the office thing. Uh, like good little Gen Xers, like, like just, you know, like we were supposed to do. And then we figured out that it's so funny that you can make a whole movie about how, how horrible it is. And they did that here. Uh, so I think that that's our, that's, that, that, that's one, another movie, uh, something a little more comedic and lighthearted than Fight Club. And movies that define me, Office Space is on that list. Yeah. I can relate <laughs> to everything about that movie dreading going into work in the morning, the driving, <laughs> changing lanes and being stuck there. The, the boss that you're just like, my God, how is it that you're in charge of me? You know? Oh man. It's so relatable, which is also why it was on my list. Is it, is it on your list? Yeah, it is on my list. 19- it is on your list. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, yeah. I got one. Yeah. 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 That, well, I could see why it would be on your list. We worked together, man. Remember back in the day we were doing our office grind. Oh man, we did it. Yeah. And I had a boss like that guy, Rich with the guy who wore the, 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 uh, should, should we bleep the- out his name in case uh, he hears this podcast? I almost, oh, he can hear it. I don't care. He, he knows what, how I feel about him, but he's the one who wore those like really bright silk shirts and, and had wine collection and just talked about his wine collection all the time. Narcissistic, horrible manager. And that's, uh, he's like office space and the guy you want to fight all in one, just, just awful. And I think that's why you and I don't really work at the place we worked at uh, together anymore and we don't really guide, we're not really into the whole office thingy um, because I think we're a couple of Peter Gibbonses yeah. uh, who just are were miserable and I think there's a lot of Peter Gibbonses who are miserable and they just kind of do it I mean you and I are just kind of either brave or dumb enough to get out of it and we're, we're probably broke but I'd rather be broke and 
not wanting to hang myself. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he ended the movie taking a lesser, probably prestigious job, less paying job, but he enjoyed it more. Yeah. And he doesn't go home every day wanting to like put a bullet in his head. Well, I so, mean, he goes yeah. home to Jennifer Aniston each day. So there you go. Yeah. And he's probably buff because he's a construction guy. <laughs> That's right. He's ripped. He's and he in gets good to work shape. with his buddy. Yeah. He's ripped. He's in good shape. He gets to go home to Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. You don't need a lot of dough. No, not a bad you life. Know? You make a lot of dough. You're just fat and miserable and you're divorced. <laughs> right. I know because I was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Peter Gibbons got out in time, man. (laughs) As did we, as did we. Yeah. All right, bro. What's up? Okay. What's what, even, even the the stapler guy getting moved to the office. I mean, how many times have you had your (laughs) office moved and you're like, I had a good desk. And now I get this shitty desk. Do you, you remember back in the day where we were moving all the time? And then oh, we man. got some new, like our eighth new manager. And, and he's like, oh, no, things are stable now. In fact, we're going to have an office decorating contest. And then everybody's decorating their office. And then I was like, I'm not decorating anything. My stuff's like in a box. Like I don't, I, I have my computer in a box of, of things that I can move like CIA style. And we did, dude. Everybody had to take all their decorations down and move again. They were all like, I'm like, you jackasses, you totally fell for the eighth manager's bullshit. Oh, totally, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. That was me. I had my coffee cup, you know, and that was pretty much, I yeah. didn't have any pictures up or anything like, or when we were contractors. So people listening. So oh. I don't know if Microsoft still mm-hmm. does it this way, but when we worked for Microsoft as contractors, they don't give you a desk or was it as vendors? No. All right, well, either way. So the oh, team either, we were on, either way. Yeah. So sometimes you get a desk, sometimes you don't. But anyway, so at the time that we were there on the team we were on, they didn't give us a desk. So we had to come in every day and find a new <laughs> place to sit. Like literally, yeah, we would scope squatting. out the building and look for offices that didn't have an occupant and crash in that office. Yeah. Like, so that we could actually just have some good ones, dude. (laughs) Remember we had some, some good ones with like windows and views. Yeah. Sometimes you get a nice one and then you get some admin (laughs) that comes in and the admin comes in and is like, what are you doing in here? And you're like, I'm just crashing for the day. And they're like, you know, yeah, you can't be in here. You got to get out. And you're like, fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The admins. Yeah. Their little power. Oh, corporate man. Oh, good times. Uh, okay. So my next one. So this, this one popped to my head pretty much right away when we, when we discussed this, cause I don't know if this is generation defining, but clerks, the film, uh, Kevin Smith, black and white. And I think it does in a lot of ways because I've had oh, wow. you these days where you just sit around and you have the stupidest conversations about, you know, you and I've had the stupidest conversations about fucking Star Wars <laughs> or, you know, whatever, you know, Star Trek. We have stupid conversations every week and we put totally. it out on the Internet. And we record it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's just like you, it, it, there's, there's just so much. And, and there's so much about this movie that's been repeated ever since like jokes from this film, but like as an actor filmmaker ish type person watching this film made me think to myself, you know what? I can do this because prior to seeing this film, you know, making movies was out of reach. That was Hollywood, big budget. You had to, you know, know the right people to be the right in and be super fucking lucky. Right. And then Kevin Smith came out and said, max out your credit card, make a film and that gets your career started. And so for me, not only was this film so relatable in a lot of ways, 
of just sometimes having that shitty dead end job, which I've also had. I mean, we make fun of our nice corporate Microsoft job that paid us really well and treated us well and gave us nice benefits. But I've also had the job where I worked at restaurant or uh, any number of other, you know, shitty jobs that paid minimum wage that you're just kissing the ass of the next customer that comes through the door because they think they're more important than you, you know, and they're like, you have to treat me nicely. And it's like, go fuck yourself. I worked at a coffee shop. You know, that was the way the coffee shop was. This movie out of everything on my list, I would say defines me more so than a generation. But I think this also defines a generation. No, I agree. I think it's a very Gen X movie. It's a very Gen X movie because it's very indie, which is a kind of a Gen X thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's indie and it is, it's kind of got that, that Gen X slacker, uh, witty slacker. Like these people are like, they're in kind of the dead end jobs, but they're actually far smarter than, than you think they are being in their position. Uh, yeah. And the movie itself and how it was made is I think very Gen X. Like, I don't know. We, we we grew up with Reaganomics and corporates shoving it. And then I think later we rejected it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is, pr- this is kind of proof that we rejected it is like, Hey, we're going to make black and white movies on a shoestring budget on our own. And it's going to be a total hit. So kiss our ass Hollywood. That's how we're rolling. Cause we're, we're going all like a uh, grunge and we're, we're done with the whole, consumeristic thing that you guys shut down our throats our whole childhood so i think it's a very gen x movie totally yeah good choice thank you my next one is called again 1999 calls once it's once it's gen x movies back uh american beauty and i didn't i don't know at the time how i but later now I, i see this movie and i'm like that i know what's up with this right so again, I think my whole theme is the the guy in the miserable going through the whole rounds like he should be, and he's completely miserable. He's like, what's going on? So it's a guy, he's got this high stress, you know, executive kind of job. And he's got the Karen wife, who's probably from Issaquah, and she's just going around cheating and 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 the self-absorbed daughter and and he's got the car and the house and all of this. And he's just like, this is miserable. And so, again, it's like one of those things where he's just like, you know, I think I'm done with this. And he gets a job at like the burger place. Uh, and he's like working out again and smoking weed with the neighbor kid. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to I'm kind of going um, I'm, I'm going to pull the whole midlife crisis thing like proper like. And, he, and his wife's like this and that. He's like, I don't care what you think. Um, he's just donezo. And it, it really shows like on the out, I, I like how it shows like how on the outside with the nice house and car, white picket fence, how things can look. But you, 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 you peel back the onion a little bit on some, some of the families and who, who look like that and even society. And it's, it's bad shit, right? You just don't know because they put on a good show. And that's what this whole movie is about. The fact how inauthentic society really is and how much of a show people put on for each each other. And I think Gen Xers are probably more in tune to that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's one of those films that at the time I wouldn't have considered it generational defining because, of course, when I watched Mm -hmm. it, I wasn't the age, the appropriate age. But now that I am an appropriate age, 
I could see having ended up in this position, I could think of a relationship that I was in that I might have, um, that I almost married that person and could have potentially had kids with that person and be this guy. There was no doubt if I had stayed in that relationship, I would be this guy. I would be miserable. Yeah, I was that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I did that stuff, man. I'm serious. I went to work at a pizza joint. I went to work at a, like a value village for a while where I was like lifting furniture. So I get in like better shape. I went, I went and work at the sandwich shop. Yeah. It's weird that I did that. Uh, but I don't think that it is actually. Um, and now I'm kind of in a, a job where it's not corporate, it's small company, but it's also not like service industry. So it's a good balance now, but it took me a little while of like middle-aged crisis and post-divorce, like wandering, finding myself kind of crap just to get to where I'm at today. And it, and it sucks that I have to go through all that. And it sucks that our generation ha- has to go through all that kind of, you know, expectations and, and, and disingenuous bullshit to finally find yourself. I think one thing too, and then we talk about, you know, millennials and Gen Z and Gen Y and Gen whatever. I think one thing that our generation is doing that is helping that one is basically saying, do what you want to do, not what's expected of you. And so you see mm-hmm. people coming out of school and going straight in, I think more so of being who they want to be and doing what they want to do mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. to where we were like, okay, this is what we're supposed to do or what we have to do, which is kind of nice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like with my son, I, I, I expect that he's well educated, does his good homework and all that, but that's only so you have the tools to go out and like do something that, that you're, you're supposed to do, not something that society tells you you have to do. Yeah. It gives them the options. So totally worry. Yeah. That's great. Um, my next choice is going to be seem like a cliche option, because if you say name a movie that defines generation X, this movie is always on the list. It's reality bites. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I rewatched this movie this week to double check and make sure, is it still generation defining? And I think it is. I think what Ben Stiller here did with the movie, it has, of course, Renona Ryder, Ethan Hawke, uh, Janine Grafalio, Grafalio. It has our generation is acting and performing (laughs) this film. I actually didn't see this movie when it came out. I saw it a few years later when I was in college. Uh, rented it on VHS with some friends and could totally relate. Like you're at that age, you're like, Oh, you're so emotional. So you're searching for love. Cause you think you need that to be happy, you know, cause you don't realize you don't really need that yeah, to be happy. Totally. You know, there's so much more. You're yeah, so, dude. The, the parents, they all talk about how shitty their parents were. And I'm like, yeah, I can relate to that. The you know, <laughs> yeah. working at these, sometimes dead-end jobs or working for people that you don't care about. Janine Grafalio, she works for um, a Gap. I mean, Gap was huge. (laughs) And and, 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 like everybody (laughs) went to Gap. So you can totally kind of relate. You're at that age and you're like, what am I going to do with my life? Do I want to, you know, be an artist? Do I want to sit out here and you play guitar and try to make a living off that being a total loser? Do I want to work at retail at the gap? You know, it had a great soundtrack it, and it just, it was just a perfect uh, film. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, it might be cliche, but it's cliche for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's like a quintessential Gen X movie and reality that does bite. <laughs> totally bites, right? Sometimes. Yeah, it's this. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's got the perfect name 
for, for what it is. It's like, we're done with college and we're now out here in the real world. And we're like, holy shit, the real world sucks. Uh, so, uh, could we go back to college? Cause that was actually kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why I like the eighties. Cause I was a kid, right? The nineties, I was like growing up and realizing that reality bites. Uh, but yeah, yeah, totally. It, 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 that's a good one. And, and the actors and, and stuff are like our people, man. There's yeah. totally our people. Yeah. Good choice. My last one is a, I had a hard time because there were so many that I wanted to pick, but I, 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 I had a theme about kind of the guy who's done with society, which just kind of defines me. And I think it defines a lot of men, in my generation. And so I went with a movie called Falling Down, starring Michael Douglas. Have you ever seen that movie? I've seen that movie. And it was funny because I, I saw it and I'm like, oh, because yeah, I was thinking about movie and I'm like, yeah, I can see this. I could absolutely see this being generation defining. So go, 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 go. It kind of is. It's it's a Joel Schumacher movie. And this guy, he's in L.A. and it, and it just follows this guy who just flips and he's he, he flips and he's done. He's done with society. He's done with everything. And it's he does all the stuff that you kind of want to do, uh, but it's totally not legal or probably moral. Like, for instance, he, he's got his shotgun and, and they give him his crappy burger that looks nothing like the burger that looks like on the menu. And he just he takes out the gun. He's like, no, it looks nothing like that. You know, he's just... Yeah, he's just he goes around L.A. and he's tripping out on people and he's just calling out every day to day injustice that people have to, to have to endure. But he's done with it. He's not going to endure it anymore. He flips out. He's got his gun. It turns out there's a reason for it because he's like estranged from his family and all this stuff. But he, he totally flips. He abandons his car. He beats up some like uh some 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 gangbangers and he, he the whole movie is just him going around flipping out and it i think it kind of defines our generation in a way because i think that that's what he's doing in a day what i think everybody in our generation and maybe multiple generations but especially our generation wants to do we we could see ourselves doing that so as, as crazy as he is and as illegal and probably immoral as as, as he is i completely relate to everything that he does so i think that that really kind of defines if you want to if you want to get really deep down into the soul of the gen x male <laughs> kurt douglas in falling down um is a good uh, example of how scary we can be <laughs> if we flip out because you know at some point because i've certainly had the thought too you, i'm sure you have and numerous other people have like wanting to do this you know, being stuck in traffic and just being like, fuck this. I've had it, you, you know, yep. done. I'm going to flip the fuck out. I'm going to go batshit crazy and let it end up where it ends up. It, Cause you, yeah, absolutely yeah. had that thought. I hope I never flip out that bad, but I can relate to that character in that movie. Like, Hmm, if I ever do flip out, it'll be, it'll probably be like that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think we picked pretty damn good films here. Every single one yeah. I'd, I'd support. 
Yeah, and I'd be anxious to see what our listeners think. If there's any Gen X defining movies that 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 they say, oh, you got to put this on your list or or what? But yeah, I think I think we picked a pretty good list. I, I think people should, if they haven't watched the movies on our list, they should go watch it, oh, watch yeah. the movies, and then they get a good feel for like the Gen X male angst and how regret, we kind of what, what's anger. in our yeah angst, so what's in our soul. Uh, you know, we, we want to do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not all happy roses and stuff, man. We picked some kind of like some, I don't know. We, we had a rough, we had a rough time, kind of rough time, but that's fine. Most of the artists, great artists were born of, of kind of rough times. Yeah. I had a couple decent, good, you know, upbeat ones on my short list, but just couldn't quite make it to the top four. But I did have the office. I had, I had office space in there, which is pretty, pretty funny and kind of light, lighthearted. Well, in reality bites, I mean, um, Winona Ryder's character and Ethan Hawke's character end up together. And so, you know, although I picture them a few years later, if they did a sequel, they'd be divorced. <laughs> yeah, they totally would. <laughs> Just like half of us are anyway. Okay. Uh, let's wrap it up here. And we are out of here. Like our generation as this one moves into the next millennials gen z whatever you want to call them we leave this crazy fucked up world to you goodbye enjoy <laughs>